0: Alright, welcome back everybody, this is Eric and Barry, Moss, Pawn, and Gun here, and uh, today we got another gun gripe for you, of course if you don't know, uh, we welcome you to subscribe and uh, rate all of our videos, like us on Facebook, we would appreciate the support. Uh, We do have a little series going on here with gun gripes, we've got several episodes, uh, well over 40, so uh, we got a lot of these in the pipeline. Uh, Today we have a subject matter that we feel is very important to kind of bring into light, and that is Obama's recent statements on his, showing his support for reinstating a Clinton-type uh, assault weapons ban. And we want to kind of discuss that because it's starting to sort of come up into conversation. And, of course, in the political realm, it's kind of being uh, brought a little more full circle now. So we really have to be careful about it. And uh, it, it's a very touchy subject. I know a lot, of, a lot of people have different views about so-called assault weapons and the terminology used. And uh, really, Romney put his foot in his mouth, too. Yes, he did. Uh, know, he was talking about uh, you know,
1: military-type weapons. You know, he didn't think people should own that type of weapon, and so on and so forth, off the battlefield. Uh, but the thing about it is, if they reinstate the crime bill it's a double-edged sword, number one, we're going to make money hand over foot selling these guns before the crime bill takes effect. After that, it's a double-edged sword on the other end. Uh, as an example, during the Clinton crime bill, we bought an AR-15 when they were high dollar. They were going for about 2400 bucks for a Colt. We bought one off a guy for $1,800. Well, we kept it for two or three years, and then the crime bill sunsetted. Colt started making the law enforcement carbine again for civilians for 11 $1, or $1,200. We sold that gun about a month ago. We took a five or $600 loss on it. That's right. So, a lot of guys, and this is really a double-edged sword, a lot of guys bought a bunch of high-dollar ARs, and they were praying that the crime bill wouldn't sunset, because if they did, their guns were going to be worth half as
0: much. Well, and you know, also one of the things to consider, too, is the effects that that crime bill had on the gun industry, forcing them to change their tooling, change their business models, and really, in essence, that's a very bad thing, because, you know, when you start having government influence and government policy wrapped up in what the private sector needs to do. It's just really a bad idea, especially when it involves the gun industry. I mean, there's a lot of responsible gun owners, and all that bill would do is affect people that's honest, law-abiding citizens. Somebody correct. just trying to protect their family, go hunting, uh, recreational shooting, making YouTube videos, whatever the that's case true. may be, you know, it's just not a good idea. And gun registration in, a gener- in general, you know, we spoke about that in a previous video about registration. Uh, with the gun ban, it's really just adding one more notch in their belt, mm-hmm. and we just really have to be careful there because it's just a bad idea. Now, Obama, up until now, has not really touched the gun subject because, of course, you know, he really probably wants to stay away from that subject, but, of course, in the debate, you know, it kind of came up, and it was directly confronted with it. So he had to make some form of statement. So, you know, he basically stated that, you know, military-style assault weapons don't belong on the, you know, American soil. They belong on the battlefield. Mm-hmm. And really, you know, Romney piped in and, in my opinion, put his foot in his mouth even worse because he's like, oh, yeah, well, full-auto weapons are, and machine guns are illegal anyway. Mm-hmm. But if he had, you know, any clue, he would know that they're not. And he would
1: also know that all the, uh, the law-abiding machine gun owners in this country are the, some of the most law-abiding people you'll ever want to meet. There has only been one crime committed with a registered machine gun, I think, since the act took effect back in, what, 32? Yeah. Yeah, one crime. And uh, the, the thing about it is people say, well, what do you want with that? It doesn't matter what I want. Uh, uh, what do you need with that? Well... We're not talking about absolute need. Why does somebody want to go out and buy a, uh, a top fuel dragster and take it to the uh, drag race and do all that? Well, it's not a matter of, of need. It's a matter of I should be able to own what I want.
0: Just because somebody owns a fancy race car or a dragster doesn't mean they're going to go you know hauling ass up and down a regular road either. Right. So you know there's there's a time and place. You know when you look at registered machine gun owners, people that own machine guns, a majority of them shoot at organized machine gun shoots. Mm-hmm. So it's not like they're just going and blazing away at any random range. I mean, they're normally organized, you know, well thought out, planned events where everybody gets together, shares their hobby, enjoys themselves, and you're good to go. Right now, one area with the government that really ticks me off, and uh, our buddy Fred brought it up to us, and it makes a lot of sense, is that you know you look at some of these politicians that you know have gotten away with you know having brand new, full auto weapons put into their name. Knowing that it's dang right illegal, and because of their connections in the government, being able to pay off people for campaign contributions or to sell the guns for campaign contributions. So basically, these politicians will say, "Hey, call up Colt. I want five M4s, full auto." Well, you got to be a uh, you know department or a you know post sample dealer like us in order to get it. Oh no, I'm having transferred to my individual person. So then basically, they're putting brand new. Registered machine guns on the books, transferable machine guns that should not be able to be bought by those folks. But see, it's okay for them to do it and then resell it and put the, at a, an inflated price and then put their money in their campaign contribution. But when me, or, me or Barry wants to do it for just the pure enjoyment of owning guns, you know, of course they tell us no. See, it's not illegal to actually register a brand new full auto. It's just that they won't do it. So. there's nothing really legally stopping me from making a machine gun. The thing is, is that they won't accept my $200 tax stamp, they just kick it back. Now, if Joe Blow politician that's got all kinds of money and influence says, well, I want 10 Glock 18s to sell on the market, or 10 guns that I can turn to a transferable gun and sell on the open market, Oh sure, no problem. They'll stamp them right off. Or my bodyguard needs some Glock 18. Right. So or my bodyguard MP5 needs a Glock or 18, like or some bullshit like that. Right. And see, that's a that's a conflict of interest. And I think more and more we see what's going to happen is that we're going to create more and more conflicting interests with that type of thing. I mean, banning more, having more gun control, or banning different types of guns across a wider umbrella is an even worse idea because then you're separating those crooked politicians even further from the rest of us. I mean, sure, I can't buy a Glock 18 as an individual. I can still own a semi-automatic Glock with 33-round magazine, and I'm good to go. I don't need a Glock 18, but at the same time, it's kind of one of those things where you don't look at it quite as badly when that's kind of a minor thing. Okay, so the bodyguard can have a full auto one. Well, so what? But, you know, you start taking those things away, you know, magazine restrictions, and really all they're doing is trying to level the playing field in their favor well, even more. What the Democrats have never understood,
1: and I don't know why, anytime you tell a civilian you're going to restrict something, it creates a demand for it. The Clintons and the Bradys sold more guns in history than anybody. If you tell an American he can't have this, he's going to go out and buy one right now. I've got people calling me right now on the phone. I never wanted to own a gun in my life, but by God, I'm going to get one now. There you go, right there. You start restricting this, uh, taking the flash suppressor off and all this other kind, even the accessories, you create a huge demand for this weapon. A huge demand.
0: There's nothing illegal or odd about this rifle at all. It's just a modern semi-automatic sporting rifle. Now, just because it looks evil, there's nothing about this FAL that is not like a just average semi-automatic sporting rifle. Now, one thing that I can give kudos to from Walmart is that they've kind of come up with a uh, new phrase. When you go into their sporting goods department and you look at a semi-auto, AR or whatever in their sporting goods section, it's called a modern sporting rifle. Mm -hmm. That is the correct term for this rifle. Not an assault rifle. It's not an assault rifle. It's not a baby killer. It is a modern sporting rifle. I'm going to go grab a different one. That
1: FAL is no different than a 742 Remington except for two things. It holds a lot of
0: shots. And it's a whole lot better gun. This is an MSAR. It's a semi-automatic copy of the styrog. It's a very nice rig, semi-automatic. It does maintain several of the military features, which would be like your flash hider, brake, that type of thing, rail system. But at the at its heart, this is nothing more than a standard semi-automatic sporting type rifle. Okay, and it's um it's just your basic setup. Now, you know. A lot of people think, okay, it looks futuristic, it looks evil, whatever, but, you know, really it's nothing more than just a sporting rifle, just in a cool-looking package. So, mainly, you know, me and uh, Barry here just wanted to kind of hit on those couple of subjects for you, because it really is one of those things. It, It should be thought about. It should be out there in everybody's minds. I mean, gun control and gun rights in the United States is a very touchy subject. I mean, you have to remember, part of the way that we have come to be as a country is because of gun rights. And that's something that people have to remember, is that, you know, gun rights are a fundamental part of being American and our heritage and where we come from and ultimately where we're going. I mean, without a proper right to bear arms, and especially arms of uh, you know considerable quality and sometimes, I would say, capacity and firepower, I mean, the civilian's firepower needs to be equal to or greater than the military. And I, I've always stood by that. Right. That you know, a lot of people say, "Well, why does a civilian need military weapons and all this crap?" Well, civilian may not need military weapons, but civilian needs weapons as quality or better than the military. You know, for a, a lot of reasons, and you know, you don't want the government complex being able to send their cronies after you, and in the night take you over. Well, when the
1: Second Amendment was written, remember that the uh, civilians actually had better weapons than the military. We were using rifled guns against the British who had brown vest muskets, and actually we were better armed. That's right. The weapon of the day was a rifled gun that you could hit at a long range. And if, if go, going by the same premise, we should be allowed to own an m sixteen. There's no reason why there's no reason why a civilian shouldn't be able to
0: out on an M16. Right now, should every house have a uh, you know hand grenades, an AT4, no. a corner shot? Maybe not. No. Well, yeah, well, but <laughs> yeah, in, in some giant, cases, yeah. In the giant scheme of things, though, from a small arms standpoint, you know, firearms can be used for a variety of purposes. Of course, you know, there's sport shooting and there's hunting, but the thing you have to remember is the Second Amendment is not about any of that. It's about protecting your ass, your neighbor's ass, and ultimately living free and keeping the people around you free. And that's what it's about. That's why it's there. Don't let them dilute it. Don't let them say that, oh, well, it's for sporting purposes. That's not what it's for. But the the main thing is don't let
1: them demonize you just because you want to own this. You're not an evil person for wanting to own this. No, you're not. You're a collector. You, uh, you collect military weapons. An enthusiast. So and really, really, in the in the big scheme of things, you can get by without this. If you're a good rifleman, and you got good skills, and you got good woodsman skills, you don't need this. You really don't. But the fact of the matter is, don't tell me I can't have it. That's right. Who are you, who are you to
0: dictate to me what I can buy? That's right. You know, yeah. and the thing that I, that's always, you know, gotten me about assault weapons bans, and that type of deep government control, is there's some person that I've never met that I'll never meet right. dictating what I can and can't do. Right. They don't know me. They don't know what's good for me. And the people around me don't know what's good for me. The only person that can know what's proper for them is that individual person. Mm-hmm. And I'll be damned if some, you know, person behind a desk that pushes pencils for a living should decide what my gun rights should be and what they shouldn't be. You know, it, to me, it's, it, the answer cannot be more clear. It's none of their business. Right. It's not a matter of need right. or want. It's a matter of principle. That's right.
1: We This country was built on principles, and when they try to erode that, that's what's happened to the country now. That's right. Now, getting back to the presidential election, this country is equally divided.
0: Ho- whoever candidate wins, half the country is going to be pissed off. Well, we're going to leave you with that thought, and hopefully you guys will think about it. And, I mean, it really should be... In your minds, you know, come election time, as to you know who is really going to stand for your rights and who isn't. Um, I mean, I know Obama up to this point has been very static when it comes to his position on gun rights and his position on future assault weapons bans. Uh, Romney's overall, uh, you know, goal over the years has been quite clear. I mean, he does have an anti-gun track record, uh, but you know, we just have to kind of, you know, use our judgment there and. Well, your rights that are talked about in the Constitution
1: are written in stone. And if you find a candidate that honors the Constitution 100%, then you'd have a good man in there. The problem is that every one of them, even the Democrats, they water
0: it down. Right. Well, you got a right to own this, but not this. What, what part of shall not be infringed do people not understand? That is correct. Shall so, not be infringed. That is cut and clear. Shall
1: not. Nothing. So we're going to leave you all that thought, and uh, got some brain food going on there, and uh, we welcome your comments. That's right. Y'all have a good day, and we'll uh, see you guys next week. Thank you, out.